Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Six Figure Social Worker Podcast. It's your girl, LA. I am your Six Figure Social Worker, and I am excited. This episode, I am going to interview Cecil, who is a black male social worker. Yes. <laughs> Black male social worker. And so um, I'm going to basically ask him the questions that I think my listeners would want to um, know. And again, the goal of this podcast is to teach you how to make a living while you're making a difference. And so we're going to talk about furthering our education, you know, the decision and the, you know, the thought process that caused us to make that decision to further our education. We're going to talk about any fears associated with um, taking that step. And um, we're just going to get started. So, hey, Cecil, introduce yourself to my listeners. Hello, hello everyone. I am Cecil. Um, I have been in the field as a social worker now for almost a decade, a licensed social worker. Um, I've worked with the reentry population. I've worked with children. I've worked with families. Um, so I can really think of. Right now, I'm working on my master's. So I'm working on my master's in social work. Um, so that's really okay. That's me. So you're working on your master's. So you've been a licensed social worker. You said almost a decade. Yes. And so, what made you go back or decide to go back to school for your master's? It was a process to go back. Um, <laughs> it was a really long thought process. Um, I think for me, my goal, my I mentioned my goal in the next few years is to earn an independent license okay um so i think that's what kind of forced me to go back to school Absolutely. to obtain that master's to work towards that goal of becoming an independent licensed social worker um and being able to work independently outside and do my own thing and help whoever it is and adolescents adults understand what they want from their lives Absolutely. I love it. I love it. And so it was a thought, a long process, <laughs> yes, you know, because yes. I got some people who like, I am not going to get my master's, yes. you know. Um, I graduated my BSW back in 2009. So when I say a process, we're talking almost 10 years. Yeah. So it, it, it wasn't like it was a, a simple five years ago, um, six years ago. It was kind of, it happened within the last year okay. um, that I kind of finally officially was like, okay, put your mind to it. Start going back, start getting your mind back to going to school but it's been almost like I said a decade of right, coming right. to that conclusion yeah but it took you come having a vision that you ultimately wanted to you know um, kind of be on your own boss yes. right independent yes. and you knew you had to make that step in yes. order to do that right Correct. yes okay yes um, I think it was kind of like working in my last the last place I worked my last agency um, and they were like you know you want to go back to school and get your master's and I was like no and then they kind of was like, you know, you're a rarity in the field already, being a black male um, and being a licensed black male. Going back to school to get your master's opens even more doors. So I think for me, that's what was like, okay, yeah. sit down and really think about that, what they're saying. Yeah. Um, and understand what that means for black mental health, um, yeah. helping the black community understand mental health. Yeah. Um, and being able to have a platform to, to be able to look like somebody across the room that looks like you. Okay. Um, so I think that was the other thing help understanding that aspect as well okay that's awesome so here's the thing even sitting with you now right now i um have talked with a few black male um social workers <laughs> that appeared a little arrogant <laughs> <laughs> but you seem so kind of like just laid back right yes so like oh uh, most of my <laughs> life i've been like the laid back guy and i've always been laid back i've always been super humble um, it's weird. I think sometimes when people encounter me, I, I look, <laughs> I don't look like a typical social worker right. um, or a typical therapist. Um, and I think it's just, it comes from 
the, my upbringing, having my mom, my grandma, um, and just kind of like telling me how to like, you don't take no wooden nickels from nobody is what my grandma always said. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom is like, be your own person. Uh, it just kind of like, I think that just kind of like made me who I am, made me the male I am now. Okay. I, I love it. I love it. So over the decade, how, what type of work have you been doing? Like what population have you mostly been focused on? I think originally my focus was on working with... So far, majority of it has been working with kids, working with adolescents. Okay. That's been my work. So ages probably um, school-age kids up until high school has okay. been my work primarily. Okay. Um, and then the other work has been like some reentry work here and there, and then working with fathers and things of that nature. Okay. Okay. How would you say, or how have others described your interaction with the the youth? I think for me, it's always interesting. Um, people have always said that. I'm able to engage with youth more than they are, and they don't understand why. Um, and I think for me, it's being able to meet youth where they are, mm-hmm. um, giving them a opportunity to have someone that understands like what's going on, um, being hip to the new things like right. video games and music, and understanding them at where they're at, right. um, and being able to give them a voice that in a listening ear that they haven't had. Right. Um, and then being able to explain to parents, like, this is why your child is worried about. Right. Um, so having, you know, being a parent myself um, and then being able to talk to youth and understand, like, okay, the reason you're having issues is you're not the only person having issues, but you have this issue because you haven't talked to someone that you're able to engage with. Okay. And trust and okay. respect. And when you have that trust and respect, it gives you a, a whole world, a Pandora's box is what I call it. Okay. Of what's going on. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, you don't go in there talking about some, hey, I'm CISO and I'm the, you know, the no. LSW, I'm the social worker. No. You don't approach them like that? No, I always, <laughs> I for me, I think I always ask them what they enjoy. That's my okay. first question to them is, what do you enjoy? Um, or I introduce myself, hey, I'm CISO, um, I work for this whatever agency. And then I kind of like go back into what what do you like? What do you enjoy? What's the things that you like to do? What's your favorite artist? What's your favorite superhero? Just yeah. engaging them in it. conversation I love before it. I even get to a relationship to the whole counseling and we build a relationship first. Yeah. So if I can know who you are, you'll talk to me about whatever you want to talk to me about. Absolutely. So you, you identify some um, absolute qualities a social worker must have. Yes. And I mean, that's the willingness, first of all, I know... Um, and the understanding of meeting individuals where they are. Mm-hmm. Like not going in as if you're the expert and understanding that they're the expert of <laughs> yes. their life, right? Yes. Yes. Meeting them where they are. Yes, always. Um, even though I may have education, even though I may have a license, that does not mean that I know them. Oh, um, yes. So I think a lot of times as counselors, we walk into a room and think we, we know them. Right. Um, because we have all this education and our teacher told us what we should do <laughs> <laughs> and what we shouldn't be doing. Right. Um, but I always know, like, the kid knows what he wants. They yeah. know, he or she knows what they want. They'll tell you eventually. Right. Um, I can't force you to get it out of me. It may take six sessions. It may take 11 sessions. It may take a year later that you're like, ooh, I need to talk to him about that. Um, but just helping you right where you're at and identifying uh, a quote I read yesterday is identifying the need yes. so what is the need that they have Right. it's not the behavior it, it's not the um, feeling it's the need so identifying what the child is. I love it I love it and when you think about the I'm assuming you work with like minority population yes a lot of minority yes what have been the common need um the biggest need I think honestly is uh biological fathers being in the household. 
Mm. Um, and a lot of them, I always, I'm always talking to single parents for the most part. Um, I would say a majority of when I'm talking to any type of family is a single parent household okay. or kinship care. Um, so somebody like a grandma or aunt or uncle. Um, but there are, a lot, I see a lot of fathers not in the picture. Okay. Um, so I think a lot of times the kids gravitate to me also because they don't, they haven't had a positive male influence mm-hmm. in their life, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes they just gravitate because I'm the first consistent male influence in their life. Yeah. Um, and so I think a lot of it is that, and I think a lot of it sometimes is just parents are busy, yeah. so they they're not able to just identify and sit down and talk about feelings and emotions like I am. Um, okay. So I think for kids it's just like, oh, my mom works all the time, or. My dad works or somebody's working so i'm just kind of at home by myself raising myself okay um so i think a lot of times it's, it's one of those two things it's either a single parent household or my mom is my mom or dad are just busy and they don't know what's going on okay so i run into a lot of people who say oh i can't work with you they're so bad or whatever how do how have you managed to look like past the behavior um they're our future um if we don't help them now we when I'm old, they're going to be the people running the country. <laughs> so right. if we keep saying they bad, we're in for a whole world of trouble. Um, but the reason people view kids as bad is because they haven't met them where they're at. Mm. Um, and we were the same kids that they were. So the same people that we told, our parents were telling us we were bad, we're going to eventually be the same people. And they're like, oh, you bad. So yeah. it's just a cycle if we keep doing that. Yeah. Um, we eventually have to break that cycle of telling kids that they're bad and make bad choices. Okay. Um, but youth are, they're really smart. They're super creative. Um, they always, they're always able to teach you different things that you didn't know about. They're always, they're able to engage you in conversation that you'd be like, it makes you be a kid all over again sometimes, yeah, I think. Yeah. It makes you youthful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to be able to not be old and be old, but be old and youthful. And right, 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 right. Like, I don't right. know about, oh, he old? Because right. he just don't know what's going on. Oh, <laughs> uh, but be youthful at the same time. So okay. He keeps me being youthful. Okay. Really being able to get so let me ask you this. Because <laughs> with me, you just seem like <laughs> the one, right? So I want to know, like, are you like this? Like, your demeanor, everything, are you like this when you're with the kids? Or do you seem, like, real authoritarian? Like I'm always, like, right now, with being who I am, I'm like this with the kids. I'm yeah. always uh, picking on kids and <laughs> taking telling right. jokes. Um, but then I'm also able to flip that and help them understand, like, okay, your behavior or your emotions are because of this reason. Okay. Um, and understanding, like, yeah, you may be labeled as this, but that doesn't make you who you are. Okay. Um, you can manage it and still live a healthy life. Okay. And you can still be successful. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm always upbeat with kids. Okay. If I wasn't, they would make fun of me. Right. Like, you too old. You look sleepy. You tired. <laughs> um, and then I also, with kids, I always engage with, like, um, making fun of myself before they can get a chance to be like, okay, okay what's going on? Why your ears so big? Or why your hair gray? Or right. um, it's just identifying stuff with me so they can understand, like, oh, he got some insecurities, but he okay with it. Right. Um, and helping them and helping them understand certain things. So I like that. He has some insecurities, <laughs> yeah. and he okay yeah. with it. I like that. Because I think sometimes kids think we're, uh, we're as adults, we're perfect. Okay. Um, and we don't have any flaws. So just helping them understand, like, yeah, I know I got gray hairs, or yeah, I know my, my hair cut not right today, or right. yeah, my lining not perfect today right. but just understanding right. that um and them having an opportunity to see an adult who's open to me open to talking about his own stuff okay sometimes. okay i um, like that so I yeah like i think that. being that 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 self-determination or being able to talk about some self-disclosure sometimes just to kind of help them engage that self-disclosure mm-hmm. now you know some people say 
No self-disclosure, <laughs> right? Stick to the book. Yes. You know? <laughs> I say with self-disclosure, enough so that kids can know that you're still a person. Absolutely. Um, because sometimes we get stuck into this like, oh, I'm supposed to do this this way, and if I do it this way, I'm breaking this or I'm doing this. And there is a code that I know that we're supposed to follow. But we don't look human if we constantly follow just by the book. Exactly. Um, exactly. So I think you have to be able to look human to a kid. And exactly. If you don't look human, they don't want to engage with you. Exactly. I like what you said, like the code, right? Mm-hmm. Because I've been wondering, is the code culturally sensitive? Um, No. I'll say no. And the reason I say no is because there are certain cultures that it will work for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think for that minority culture, it doesn't. Because they have to see you look human. Absolutely. They have to see you look real, is what they would say. Absolutely. Um, and then when you don't look real, then you, you look like you're just doing it for money. And yeah. Not, and not, you're just doing your job, is what they say. You're just doing your job. You don't right. want to be here. You're just doing your job. Right. Okay. Um, so I think that's the difference. Okay. Now, you said earlier um, some of your demeanor and everything come from your upbringing. You yes. named your mom and yes. your grandma. Was dad around? Dad was not around. So um, I always talk about that when I talk to when I, when I engage with kids, or especially males who grew up without a father. Um, I didn't meet my father until I was graduating college at 22. Wow. Um, so I always explain to kids, like, yeah, I had a mom um, who herself, she had some depression. Um, so that we, we kind of talk about that as she got older. And I got older. Um, and then I had my grandma who kind of raised me for a majority of my life. Um, dad, very, I don't think he popped in ever. Um, so I didn't see my dad until, like I said, graduating college at 22. We kind of have a relationship now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more for my son than it is for me. Okay. Um, and I just kind of, it was something I talked to him about. Like, I'd rather you be as a grandfather to my son. So he has that, mm-hmm. he can understand generation. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, he's like, man, at this point, being a man, talking to me about being a man at 37 years right. old, it's, right. uh, it's, it's a little too late. But right. I still have a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're building a relationship. So I would say, I always talk to like, you can be mad at your dad, but he birthed you. So right. you got to be right. able to have some kind of relationship. Right. And it's not about you anymore. Right. Especially when you have kids. It's so that they're not sitting in a, a classroom or like, tell me what your your family history is. And all you can tell me is about mom's side. Mm-hmm. And you can't tell me about dad's side. Right. And then there's other kids on my dad's side. Yeah. So you're the kid sitting in the corner like, wish my dad was around. Right. So it's just me for me, him, my dad, my son understanding like, okay, here's my grandfather. Here's my grandmother. Here's my mom. Here's my dad. Mm-hmm. Breaking that generational curse. Okay. Okay. That's amazing. One, as a um, professor, one who have taught, you know, social work classes and teach social work classes, I find that a lot of individuals who come into this field come in with the plethora, right, of experiences, you know, and our ability to be able to flip what was meant to destroy us and now we're using it, right? We're like, we done, man, give me some. (laughs) We done stepped on that thing, right? We done stepped on top of the struggles and the the challenges that came our way. And so now we're in a position to help other people kind of like step on it. Because I was sitting back and I'm like, wait, he mentioned his mom. He mentioned (laughs) his grandma, (laughs) you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, ooh, it's got to be something somewhere. (laughs) But yes, yes, it is. Um, And I always talk about being an open book with that. Um, Because I know, I don't want to say I've gotten past it, but I've worked through it. Okay. Um, Haven't really done therapy to work through it, but done it like, okay, I understand why I need to do this. Why I need to build a relationship with him. Um, I can't be angry for the rest of my life. Right. Um, And then understanding and having a realization as being a social worker, like, that's why I was angry and frustrated. Right. Um, Because I needed that piece of my life. Yeah. That was a piece that was missing. So that's why I was frustrated and angry. Right. And upset because I may have positive no role models, but it wasn't my dad. Right. Um, and your dad is just, it's, you need that as a kid, and you need mom as a kid. 
you need dad for that, you know, that support when mom is, you know, being a nurturer and helping you and right. guiding you. But dad got to be able to say, like, listen, this is how life's going to be. Right. Um, this is the real. Right. Um, and I think for any male, for any female, they have to have right. both of that. Yeah. One of the things you said is that you didn't get therapy, but you were able to kind of process through right and I think a lot of therapists miss that part like they don't realize the same tools the same skills we teach our clients we need to apply it in our own lives right yes yes um it's like practicing what you're preaching yes you can't tell someone um across the table to do something and you in your life not really doing it right and making it making it real um so like I, I talk about I talk a lot about mental health mental health and I'm now in the process of finding my own therapist okay. so that I can like unravel some stuff and understand like okay I'm on the right path or okay you need to try this differently um, just in, in life and okay. have a balancing life school um, and, and a marriage so you gotta make sure that you own your stuff as right. well so it's not like oh it's, this is high and this is low right. but balancing getting a good balance absolutely um, so yeah i love it i love it and so that's why i tell people i'm like i'm the therapist therapist right <laughs> like i'm like no i need to make sure my people you know what i'm saying yes. is good like yes. i gotta help you understand no it, and it doesn't make you a bad therapist right you know what i'm saying just because you need therapy right. it actually makes you good because you recognize this stuff works yes. and if it works for the people i'm exactly. <laughs> serving right i want to make sure i'm not missing out right and so yeah yeah i'm i'm pushing you and, 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 and saluting you, you know, on your journey of finding a therapist. And that's, that's good. And I appreciate your openness, your yes. transparency and recognizing like, Hey, although I got the skills and I'm recognizing some stuff in my own life, I still need somebody to kind of help me, you know what I'm saying? Move yes. and help me elevate to that next, yes. you know, that next place. Yes. So that's awesome. Yes. Yes. So just working, making sure the stuff that I've worked through, um, I'm not just leaving it in the back of my brain. Um, because I always tell my kids, like, if you don't get it out, eventually it's going to come out. It's going to come out in the wrong way. Right. Um, and you don't, you'd rather it come out good than it come out bad. Right. Um, and I always talk about the, you know, the pop, the whole pop analogy. When you take a pop up enough, eventually it's going to bust. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to bust. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I can put a bunch of stuff inside of me and shake it up and shake it up and shake it up. And eventually I'm going to bust. Absolutely. If I don't get it out. So, Absolutely. Um, just, I need to make sure I'm getting that stuff out and making sure it's out. Right. And not just sitting there and settling and it come out 10 years from now in a, in a wrong way. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Cecil. Thank you for just coming in and allowing me to pull on you and share with my audience from a black male's perspective. Thank you. You know, um, and I and encourage you to just keep pushing on, continue to helping a generation, and um, continuing to do and and be a dynamic social worker. Thank you. Thank all right. You. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in, listening to Cecil share his story. Appreciate you. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Six Figure Social Worker Podcast. It's your girl, LA. I am your Six Figure Social Worker. And don't forget to reach out to me and like, leave a comment on my Instagram at Six Figure SW, Six Figure Social Worker, or send me an email. Let me know how I can assist you in this field of social work um, at Lashana at youchangellc.com. Lashana at youchangellc.com. 
I am invested in teaching you how to make a living while you're making a difference. Keep up the great work.